Hello, my name is Michael Garrick, and this is Popping Culture Movie Reviews. My guest is a comedian and the host of the Sunday Funday podcast, Chris Diorio. Thank you so much for coming on to the movie review. Mike, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Um, oh. Looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Uh, the movie you chose was Jojo Rabbit. Uh, before we get into the movie review, I want you guys to know that this will be a 100% spoiler review. But before we spoil the movie, uh, Chris, do you think they should watch it? 100%. I think everybody should watch this movie. Um, there's not a lot of movies like this out there. So, Yes. Uh, I think you guys should definitely watch it. I would have to disagree with you, Chris. I think there's a lot of movies out there like it. They're just not good. Like, that's fair that's fair that's fair I, I think a lot of movies would try this and fail miserably but this movie i think they did a great job but yes guys everything past this point is 100 spoilers chris i'll let you kick it off yeah so uh so jojo rabbit is a uh i guess the best described as a uh a comedy but a very uh subtle comedy um so it starts off young Jojo. He's the star of this show. Young Jojo starts off uh, by setting the tone for the movie by showing a young boy showing respect for his elders. Uh, he shows a lot of respect for one elder in particular, uh, that man being Adolf Hitler. Um, the beginning of the movie is very heartwarming. It's, it's kind of like Stand By Me, but instead of finding a dead body, they find anti-Semitism. Um. So it's basically this the back the backdrop of this movie is it's World War II, um, and Jojo joins a summer camp. Uh, it's one of those Hitler Youth summer camps. Uh, it's led by the the creepy guy from Green Mile. If you guys have ever seen Green Mile, yeah, he's in the movie. Uh, and then the guy from Green uh, from Game of Thrones, they got his wee wee cut off. He's in the movie too. So it's already got a great cast. Uh, Rebel Wilson's in there, stuff like that, but. They start the movie starts off. Uh, little Jojo is at a Hitler youth camp, and um, you know he's learning the ins and outs of being a, a Nazi youth and and all the things that go along with that. Um, and you know they're, they're just like us. If you watch the movie, they're they're playing all the childhood games like knife throwing, uh, gas mask ton of, tug of war, book burning, all, all the things you'd expect at a typical you know Hitler youth summer camp. Um, Jojo goes into the woods with his friends from Hitler camp and they wanted to show his, uh, his loyalty to the group by killing a rabbit, which he refuses to do. And he earns the nickname Jojo rabbit. Cause one of his friends has to kill the rabbit for him, you know, show him who's boss and he, he breaks the rabbit's neck and then tosses it into the woods. And that's how he became uh, Jojo rabbit. Um, he dealt with his trauma the way a lot of kids deal with childhood trauma. Uh, he created an imaginary friend. Uh, his imaginary friend was an imaginary version of Adolf Hitler. Uh, so, so young Jojo befriended um, imaginary Adolf Hitler. So very heartwarming story to start with. Uh, and Hitler, Hitler inspires Jojo to reach for the stars uh, the stars of David specifically, <laughs> stars in general, reach for the stars. Um, it goes forward. You, you meet Jojo's mother, who uh, happens to be the hottest woman on the planet, Scarlett Johansson. So, so young, young Nazi Jojo Rabbit 
with the imaginary friend of Adolf Hitler is being raised by Scarlett Johansson. Um, you learn that Scarlett Johansson is harboring a Jewish girl in her attic who uh, young Jojo sort of at first is, is very scared of because he's taught that, you know, the, the Jewish people are something to be feared and, and terrified of, but he, he comes to know the girl and they, and they, be, they become a friendship. And um, this of course doesn't sit well with imaginary Hitler. So there's a little bit of conflict between a young boy, the girl he loves and his imaginary friend, Adolf Hitler. Again, classic childhood story. Um, so he has a little chat with imaginary Hitler. Uh, I know at one point um, Hitler offers him a cigarette, which uh, he turns down, um, showing a little bit of you know moral, taking the moral high ground over Hitler, finally. Uh, yeah, so he gets in a fight with Hitler a little bit about the Jewish girl. Um, he becomes good friends with the attic, the attic Jew girl, and he really starts to take a liking to her. Um, let's see. Then the then the Nazis show up and uh, they interrogate Jojo uh, about the about the girl. Um, him and his mom lie about who she is. Um, and Jojo and imaginary Hitler plot to see how they're going to protect her. Uh, and then the Nazis kill his mom. And, uh, and he sees, he sees his mom, it becomes a little sad. So there's a little bit of a super sad scene here. Uh, and then Jojo kind of turns things around. They, uh, you know, he realizes that these, maybe these Nazis aren't the best people in the world after all, you know, despite popular opinion, uh, the Nazis weren't the, weren't the cool guys. And, um, he kicks imaginary Hitler out of a window and then America shows up and saves the day. It's like when you talk about this movie, it's just hilarious. Like for someone that if anyone hasn't seen this movie, they're just listening. You're just like, this is uh this shouldn't be made, but it works. And I think it all starts with um Tiger Watiti, the director and also the guy that played Hitler. He, I think, is the glue that makes this movie stick and work so well. Because it's it's so dark humor, but it's never there trying to be funny it's just funny it's never a joke where i'm like they're trying too hard the only person i feel like is working too hard to be funny is rebel wilson and that's just her thing yeah yeah i think they purposely she's the one person that's a great point she's probably the one character in the whole movie that's perfectly put there for comic relief but everything else is it's like it's just such a unique funny movie because you're like you're laughing but you're like again like you said they're not trying to make like it's not slap humor it's not like nobody's falling around and you know rolling around and making you laugh like that there's not like even they're not punch lines you know there's not like it's not quotable like stepbrothers or something like that you're just you're laughing at how ridiculous but it's actually very well written but it's you're laughing at how ridiculous it is like like and, and like i said you're you're watching it and like these kids are together in summer camp and you're like at first you're like oh that looks like the summer camp i went to and then then they're wearing gas masks and playing tug of war. And you're like, no, that's not the summer camp I went to. And then like, and the kid's getting teased. You're like, I remember that. And then he gets an imaginary, like a friend. You're like, oh, I had one of those. But then his imaginary friend's Hitler. And you're like, oh, mine was not that. Mine was not like that at all. I did not create Hitler. So it's, it, it keeps going from like absurd to realistic, absurd to realistic, absurd to realistic. And, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's very well written and very well acted. And, uh, 
it, it makes you sad a couple points too. Yeah, I compare this movie, and this is a true, a true life um, thing. Uh, one of my friends, Dre, real good friend of mine, um, he told me to watch it, and I'd never watched it. So I finally watched it. Thank you because of you. I finally remembered to watch it for this movie review. But long story short, this had to be like three years ago. Um, I was like, hey, man, you should come with me. I'm going to see Anthony Jocelyn. And he was like, what's, what's he like? And literally, I said the same thing he told me about this movie. And I, it was literally like, hey, you're going to laugh, but you're not going to feel right when it's over. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Every joke is not going to be like, oh, man, I can, I can tell somebody this joke. It's just, uh, that's how I felt about this movie. It was just like the same parallels to that story. Just like, uh, you, you'll laugh, but you, you probably won't be like, oh, man, let me tell everybody, you know? That's that's a great, you're really good at this. You're really good at this. because that, That's a great. Yeah, keep up with you, buddy. No, that's a great point because that, I think that's what makes this, like you said, a lot of movies try to be like this and fail um, because it is dark humor. And you brought up Anthony Jeselnik, great example of uh, a guy who knows how to do dark humor. And I think one of the, you know, it's kind of tying this into comedy a little bit because we're all comedians is you see a lot of comedians, they, they they go, oh, I'm going to do, you know, that's, I'm going to go do dark humor. I'm going to be a dark comic. And it's really hard to do right. And Justin Nick does dark humor right. And this movie does dark humor right. But it's really hard to get right. Um, one side question for you, though. And this is totally, we're going to get right back to the review, guys. I just have one question. When it comes to comedians that are dark, like that kind of dark humor, and like they can do it for like 45 minutes to an hour, before they become headliners, like, how do you think they get features and hosting spots? Because if I'm a headliner, like every time I post it, it's always been like, hey man, just just try to be likable. Like I've never had a, a like a promoter or like a club owner be like, nah, just be you. Like I can't imagine a, a headliner being like, hey, I heard all that dirty, like y'all heard all that evil stuff. <laughs> Let me not be evil. Like that's that's one of those things where I like I think they they turn into that later on in their career. Like I don't know if like too many comedians can start that way. It's tough. I mean, I, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I do. I, I have a lot of dark stuff, and um, I, I think you gotta like. You think so? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, not not as not, not Jeselnik esque, but um, you know, I think early on you have to like. But you said, yeah, as you're building your your brand, you have to have a nice like um mixture of of jokes and and kind of know what you're gonna what situation you're in and stuff like that but yeah it's got to be hard because like you said they're they go you know you're you're opening for another con- the 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 worst show i ever had and it was um totally my fault but i i, I took a when i first started before you met me when i was when i was first starting out um i got compared to ju- like my jokes got compared to justin nicolon because I, I do kind of like the uh yeah, I did a lot of one-liners, and uh, and so people, oh, you remember Justin? So I kind of like watch them a lot, and you know, a lot of guys do this when they first start out. You watch somebody a lot because you want to study how they do it, and you accidentally sort of pick up some of their habits because it because you see them. So I, I was I was kind of Justin like esque when I first started, and um, man, I did a show and I was just doing that dark, monotone kind of stuff like he did it, and uh. I bombed out of this, out of the room. And then 
the headliner came up and he was uh, hilarious, dude. But he was super clean, super animated. He was like a cartoon character, basically, like a human cartoon character. And he was hilarious. And it hit me. I go, they came to see a cartoon character and they got the Prince of Darkness. It was like if you went to a, if you went to go see like the Little Mermaid and then they showed like Saw 4 as one of the trailers, you'd be like, what is this doing here? Like, that's kind of how I felt. Um, so I've, I've had to adapt and like have extra material for if I'm, if I get the opportunity to do like a, a corporate gig even, or, or like you said, hosting or opening for somebody who, you know, might not necessarily want you to be, you know, taking the crowd down to that place, so to speak. Yeah, that's a uh, very funny comedian. Like we we both know him, but Brandon Rainwater, he was one of the few people that was like pulling me to the side and just like, hey, man, it's tough, but you got to learn crowd work. And, I, and I, you know, he, he's a master at it, but he was one of the few people like, you have to learn it. It's going to come a point where you're like, this, my jokes are not meant for this room. And it's like, it's going to be awkward, but, you know. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's 100%. That's, that was the problem. I did that one show. And I realized, I realized three minutes in, it was early in my career, you know what I'm saying? I realized about two, three minutes in, I'm like, they hate me. I'm like, this crowd hates me. And then I'm like, but I got nowhere to go. I have nothing. I have no, uh, I didn't understand crowd work yet. I didn't have any like lighthearted, like jokes to get to. I already kind of doubled down on the Prince of Darkness thing. I'm like, I'm screwed. So I just sat there and just ate shit for 10 minutes. Man, at least you were my life. hosting. At least you weren't hosting. I bombed ass. The third time I ever hosted, it was a, we did four shows. It was two shows Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, two shows each night. When I say I did amazing for the first three shows, that last show I hosted, bombed so bad. And it never hit me, the fact that I had to keep going back out there <laughs> to bring out... <laughs> To get, like to bring out in the end of the show so like the second time after the feature before i walked back out and like nobody said nothing rude but like literally the crowd went from laughing and just and i was like hey all right uh this guy is <laughs> way funnier than me um but sorry guys to get back to the movie review. uh how'd you feel about the pacing um i thought it was very uh that'd be maybe my one, my, my one major criticism of it was it was very uh a lot of the stuff happened in the last like 15, 20 minutes. Like um, some of the stuff you mentioned, like his mom, his mom, get, his mom getting killed by the Nazis and then him rebelling against the Nazis and kicking Hitler out the window and uh, the Americans coming and saving the day. Like, like a lot of the stuff was really backloaded into the end of the movie. Um, so the, the first hour and a half, I think it's like an hour and a half long movie. So the first like two thirds, if not three quarters, they're kind of just introducing you to Jojo and, and, you know, kind of developing him and Hitler's relationship and you meet the girl. And then all of a sudden, like the last 30 minutes, like boom, 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 boom. It's just, things happen. Things happen. Things happen. So that might be one criticism, but how about you? Uh, I thought uh, the same thing. It was just like, they, they made sure they, we knew who Jojo was. We made sure that like, I think his arc was very well done. Like it was complete. But then when it came, like you said, when it came to the end, it was just like, all right, let's wrap this up. Let's tie this up as quick as possible. Um, but I think it makes sense in the sense that this movie shouldn't have been two hours. So I think it's a good time, you know. But yeah, you're right. Like that last, there was like, let's just shove everything in there now. Let's end it now before it's too long. But yeah, I totally agree. 
Um, Remind me like Game of Thrones kind of where like it was like 85% character development and the last 15% was just all the like tying up all the stories. Oh yeah, and then just 5% of nipple, you know? And um nipple scar scar Joe. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was talking about the um the the show. What's the name of the show? It had a horrible last Game season. Game, Game of, of Thrones, Thrones yeah. yeah. Yeah, just five percent nipple. Uh, when you said that, I'm trying to remember if they. I'm like, do we see ScarJo's nipples in this movie? Because no, if so, no. no. Okay, I, I won't. I was gonna rewatch it again. <laughs> no, I was on my game though. I was like, Let no, me no, shut my can... camera off and check this out again. <laughs> Give me some privacy, Mike. <laughs> when it comes to the cast, um, Scarlet really stole the scene in this movie. Like she stole every scene she was in, in my opinion. Oh yeah, her and um. I don't remember the actor's name. Scarjo was incredible. Uh, the guy who played again, the guy from Green Mile, the guy who played the uh, he was Buffalo Buffalo Bill, whatever in Green Mile, Wild Bill in Green Mile. Um, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the dude who was kind of the leader of the Hitler Youth. He did a great job, man. He, he um he's in a couple other good movies. He's, he's got a, he does a good job of that. Like he balances between. Um, like he's funny, but he's not trying to be funny. Like, like, so, like, like we said, like Rebel Wilson is clearly just the one trying to be trying to be funny. But he, uh, Sam, you said his name was Sam Rockwell, I believe. Sam Rockwell, yeah. That he he just plays that character so well that you're you're kind of like like he says kind of like messed up stuff, but you're laughing at it the way he says it and the, and the hilarity of the situation. Yeah, and then um, we go to. Jojo, uh, Roman Griffin Davis, that he, you know, it's hard to cast child actors, but like I think he was he was down for it, he was ready, and uh, he put on a good performance when it comes, in my opinion. Oh yeah, yeah, he did great. And then like I said, the guy who, uh, I mean, that's gotta be a weird, a weird thing as like a like a child actor to be like, you know, you you had to play this role. I, how do you that that kind of always interested me? Like, how do you explain to a child like? here's the character you're playing and here's the movie. So what we're going to do is, okay, so in this scene, you befriend Adolf Hitler and you're like, I what? <laughs> and then they're like, okay. And then in this next scene, um, you're going to say this about Jewish people. And, and like, as a kid, you're like, sounds kind of mean, but like an adult's like, okay, I'm acting. Whereas I, like, I wonder if kids understand how they're acting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think they understand money. <laughs> yeah true 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 like louis, louis had a louis had a good bit about it about um he talked about watching schindler's list and he's like i wonder how many kids they had audition for they found that one kid to be like goodbye jews like that that scene in schindler's list he's like <laughs> he's like, the fact that some kid went in there and just nailed that audition was you know a little scary almost right like it would be weird if they were like we picked you above everybody else we need you and that would be a weird. Yeah, your racist voice was so good for a seven-year-old. Like you're, you have a bright future in this business. Yeah. Keep. Yeah. Uh, you're in fifth you... grade, but you're racist at a ninth-grade level. Your your racism is at a ninth-grade level. You're you're way ahead of the curve. Are Are you from the Carolinas? Um. Uh, no, I'm from Connecticut. Oh no, I was talking about that. That's oh, the kid. Okay, I got you. I got you. Guys. No, no, no. That's what they're asking. Uh, I mean, I just ruin the show. I just ruin. I do this every time. No, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. I do this every time. No, it's totally fine. Um, 
What do you think of the soundtrack? Clever. Clever, because it sets like, again, how do you set, how do you use music to set the tone for that kind of, for that kind of movie? Like cheerful music while they're killing a rabbit and throwing the woods? Uh, dark music that kind of doubles down and kind of, you can't have dark music because then it like kind of oversells the darkness to it. You're not trying to like, like any dark humor, the last thing you want to do, and I kind of did this to myself earlier, but you don't want to be like, hey, get ready for some dark humor and then do dark humor. You want to like hide it and then be like, like, dark humor I think is most successful when it comes out of nowhere rather than when like it's advertised to you. So so picking the music they did behind it was was great because it kind of like put a veil over the whole tone of the movie. Yeah, it, it definitely goes from like... Um, Disney to like not Disney like very quickly but smooth also I do like that um the lighting it was it was just so like like you said they cover it up so well because if in the beginning you just really think this is going to be not cheerful because you you know you saw the trailer but it, it didn't really hit you like hard till like you actually start like getting into the movie if that makes sense Honestly, uh, I never even saw the trailer when I watched it. Somebody said, they go, uh, you got to watch the movie Jojo Rabbit. I go, what's it about? Uh, they go, a kid has an imaginary friend and his imaginary friend is Adolf Hitler. I'm like, I got to, what? I'm like, I got to see this. Like, that's, I'm like, how are they, like, I, I, didn't, I didn't know if it was a comedy. I didn't know if it was a drama. I'm just like, or maybe like a mental illness sort of thing. We're like, what? But I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta see this. And I remember watching it. And maybe that's part of the uh, the magic of it. Is I went to it with no expectations, and I'm like, I'm like this is a fucking good movie. Yeah, I enjoyed um, it thoroughly. I only watched, I watched it like six months ago for the first time. Like I, I didn't see it when it came out. Nice, yeah. Like I said, I watched it what, four, what three days ago now? Two, two or three days. Um, uh, you brought it up, but also in the plot where he like. I guess has a crush on the girl is it was funny to me that like you know he's he's so much into what Hitler had and what the Nazis had but as soon as you throw puberty in there and you throw a young girl like that shit goes out the window pretty fast yeah so did Hitler yeah <laughs> but um love love conquers all right love conquers all like the kid um and that's the thing too like that's the great part of it at the end of the day it's actually a pretty nice story like the kid the kid's raised literally as a Nazi, like legit raised as a Nazi. Um, and at one point, you know, Rebel Wilson is dry. I mean, and this is not me. This is me describing an actual scene in the movie. So uh, don't cancel me. But she's like drawing like a Jewish person on a chalkboard. And she's like, here's the scales and here's the teeth and here's the tail. And stuff like, that. like this, like, and this kid grew up thinking like that Jewish people were like l- little monsters who would eat you. And then he meets one. And falls in love with her and and they develop a real friendship and a bond then he realizes like they're just they're, they're people they're, they're like me and you and this is him again saying that and then he kicks hitler out of a window it all goes out the window his thoughts and hitler go out the window at the same time and at the end of the movie he's uh, reformed nazi youth and uh we conquered germany and uh hitler dies twice in the same way it's it's kind of a again at the end you're like oh that was kind of Kind of, kind of nice. Besides, some stuff. So, uh, yeah, like they, 
like I said, all together, I think they wrapped it up uh, very well. Um, when your first time watching, how many times have you seen it? Uh, three times. Your first time watching, did you think uh, Scarlet was going to die? No, I had no, I had no idea. I had no idea. I had no idea. Okay, and that, that that was the beauty of it. Like I had zero expectations. Like zero. I I heard nothing about this movie besides someone told me to watch it, and then I said, "What's it about?" They said, "Just know this," and I said, "Okay." And uh, even when he walked out there, and you know, she was hanging there, and I was like, "It's not her." And it was, I was like, "Holy shit!" Okay, because yeah. again, like, and that's the thing, you're you're up, up at that point, you're you're mostly laughing because you're like, "This is just pretty absurd." And then all of a sudden, like that happens, you're like, "Why? Uh, it's not funny. Why are you? Why are you doing that?" Like, I'm here to laugh. Um, and then they kind of bring you back up, but yeah, you, like you, you, have no, you not expect someone to like die and make you sad in that movie, and then they do. Yeah, it's a moment where they, I feel like they just had to go like, "No, let's remind you, these people are not really good." Like, like it's 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 commonly just kept giving you reminders of like, "No, these are not good people." Like, they they, they did not play around. And I thought that was always good, a good reminder with the comedy. Yeah, probably a good idea not to humanize the Nazis too much. <laughs> give them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one through 10, what would you give this movie? Nine. Give it a nine. That's nice. I give it a nine. It really is probably one of the most enjoyable movies I've seen in a very long time. Nice, nice. I would agree. Um, do you believe that this movie uh, will become a part of pop culture? Uh, I think it'll occupy a similar space to like Boondock Saints and uh, uh, Donnie Darko. Those, you know, those kind of movies where like they're not blockbuster successes and, and you probably won't hear much about them in terms of like ever winning awards or something like that. But I think there'll be a contingent of people who I, I guess I probably fall in that contingent who just love the movie. And um, it's almost like extremism, like, like Boondock Saints. I'm not sure you saw that movie, but a lot of oh, people yeah. always like, there's a small group of people who are like, Boondock Saints is the best thing that ever happened in movies. Like, well, and I think Jojo Rabbit will fall in that category of like this small but fervent group of people who are like, watch this movie, watch this movie, watch this movie. And I think a lot of people end up seeing it because of that. But it won't be like a, it won't be like a diehard level, like, you know, part of our cinematic history or like Rocky or something like that. Uh, nor will it be like uh, the Sound of Music or, or, or um, Shawshank Redemption, where it's like a classic. T- it just, it's just one of those like, you know, cult films. I consider this movie being like, um, which way better, way better film. But I consider this movie being like Clue. There's some people that just love the movie Clue. Like, it yeah. just has that cult feeling, that cult vibe around it. But way better than Clue. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice, man. Well, man, thank you so much for coming on to the movie review. Is there anything you'd like to say to your fans? Uh, thank you, as always. And uh, if anyone wants to check out Jojo Rabbit uh, and discuss it with me, let me know. Nice, nice. You know where to find me. Nice. Please uh, let them know where they can follow you. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Chris Diorio Comedy, um, on Instagram at Chris Diorio Comedy. Uh, the last name is spelled D-I-O-R-I-O. Uh, first name is the standard Chris. Uh, last name is the standard way to spell comedy. I don't go any 
tricks there. Um, and on Twitter at see the Oreo comedy. Nice. Nice. Well, thank you again for coming on to the movie review and you guys have an amazing day.